Thank you so much for clicking on our Vision Sunday 2024 message. It's great to have you here with us. Now you may notice at some points throughout the message the audio is muted a little bit. Don't worry, that's not your speakers, it's not your phone. We had a few technical issues during the service, but we still hope that this message not only encourages you, but it challenges you and ultimately draws you closer to relationship with our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Thanks for being here with us. Vision Sunday 2024, can you believe that it is upon us already, hey? Um, who feels like, uh, like the Christmas season just came and went way too quick? Oh, man. It's exciting, though, because I, I find that towards the end of the Christmas break, I get, I, get, I get like itchy feet to get ready and get going into the season that is before us. And um, I just want to share with you just quickly about our conference. I'd really like to uh, encourage you to try and prioritise coming uh, I can guarantee you uh, that we're going to be seeking uh, God passionately. We have been um, pretty uh, specific with the speakers. The reason we've uh, I've asked the particular guys uh, that we've asked, um, number one, Esther Greenwood is uh, one of the uh, greatest preachers uh, within our denomination. Uh, she's spoken at Hillsong. Uh, she's, she's spoken at the Shout Conference for Equippers, which is a stadium of 5,000 people. But for me, it was a moment about, about 10 years ago where I saw her speaking into a youth camp uh, for the church in Bendigo. And the way that the power of God moved in that room as she just humbly preached the word was incredible. And my desire is for that experience to happen in our community. So I think that's really important. The second thing is I really want you to be a part of the anointing service. It's one Saturday per year um, that, that we, we really ask you to, to give up uh, for our conference. So Pastor Nick uh, is going to be leading that. He's going to be bringing a prophetic word. That's where you wear your old t-shirt. We're going to slap you with oil good and proper. Um, so just get ready for that. Uh, we're going to get the cheapest oil possible because it's about the power of God uh, on your life. And then um, we have Pastor Stephen Maisie uh, coming. Um, one of the reasons that I've actually asked him to come before us is a little bit of an announcement uh, to make to our community is that uh, the way it works in our denomination is we are about 100 churches uh, with one, uh, we're one entity. So we're one church, uh, but we have a hundred different churches that all relate uh, together. Within the, the hierarchy of our movement, uh, you have the national leader and you have the national eldership of about 25 senior pastors across the movement. Every two years from that 25 people, uh, five people are selected to become the national leadership or executive of our denomination, and the elders give them the responsibility to governing and praying and voting on things for the next two years. And um, Steve, who is our new national leader, will be coming, but he'll be praying for me. I've been elected to the national executive uh, of our denomination, which is exciting. Um, believe it or not, I actually wasn't going to tell our community because uh, we're, not about, we're in this together. I'm not about, about a title. I'm about serving Jesus and serving our community. But somebody uh, in our church who works at our national office challenged me on that. So Steve's going to come and pray. But he's also a powerful preacher. He leads our denomination. And we want to see the, the, the power of God uh, move in our movement, not just in our church. Because um, we believe as a community that we're better together. Who agrees with that? And that's one of the things uh, that's been on my heart 
this year and for this year is that together as we serve one another, we can do more. You can do great things by yourself, but when there is a group of people that get around you, that encourage you, that strengthen you, that that push you towards being better for Jesus, you're going to do better things. And I really believe today and this year that we are going to be encouraging and stirring up one another to serve Jesus in a greater way. Uh, The theme for this year is actually going to be pursuit. We're going to be chasing the presence of God. If I was to add another layer down on it, uh, when I began to study this word, and I've been in this portion of Scripture for several months, I shared this with our team back in November. Uh, the, the deepness within my heart was coactive pursuit, being together. Coactive is a fancy word for together. Together, we will pursue the presence of God and His glory through our lives as individual and as a corporate body coming together. Who wants to have more of God? Who here knows that it's not just for 21 days of fasting? You know, it's so true that the hunger reminds us that we should pray. But I want my spirit to be stirred within me that my spirit and my soul reminds me that I should pray. So I actually went to Acts chapter 19. You guys can go there. It it was uh, in a conversation with Pastor Greg uh, that I landed in this scripture. And for some reason, I kept finding myself going back to it and and going back to it. And, And what's interesting is I have preached out of this portion of scripture before, but yet God was speaking to me in a new way. I was seeing things that I haven't seen before. And in fact, this is probably one of the most under-celebrated moments, I think, in the New Testament. What happens is that Paul, in his apostolic evangelistic ministry, reaches two million people with the gospel in two years. It says in the Bible, which we're going to read, that they reach the whole. It says that all in the province of Asia heard the gospel from one guy working with a team because I can tell you this I can guarantee you this that the gospel doesn't get out to the province of Asia without people working with him without people coming together with the same passion and same desire to be taught and be sent but what happens is we see as we read through this scripture is that the end of it is there's community transformation. The reality for us today is that I want our community to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus, but I also want the community around us to be transformed. I actually want to see this church grow with people being restored to God through a relationship with Jesus Christ, raised up through means of discipleship and encouragement and released to be an impact for the kingdom of God. Restore, raise up, release. That's our vision. That's our mission. That doesn't change. But this year, I want you to get a hold. The theme is we are running after God. We will pursue Him together. Do do you know what it's like to have a desire to chase something down? So last week, our our beautiful kids director uh, lost his wedding band. He had every child in our church scouring that car park as he desperately 
So I can't believe you lost your wedding ring. You found it. It was in your car. You know, you did it. You did. You did a 50% job. I lost mine completely and have had a $7 one for 10 years. Just can't lose the cheap one. Oh, it's like, oh, gee, I hope I lose it. It's just sticking around. But there was a passion. There was this desire. I've got to find it. And what did he do? He enlisted those around him to help him. Hey, I've got a passion. My wedding ring is lost. I've been there. I felt that pain, man. I felt that pain. It's a real thing. Losing a child, wedding ring. <laughs> but what did he do? He went and he said, hey, you've got to help me. You know, you've got to help me. And it was funny because, because of community, it was a child that said, have you looked in your car? He said, keep looking. It's not in the car. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Leadership is admitting when you're wrong but it was a desire you know I want that desire you know I want to wake up and just have a burning desire to see the Holy Spirit move and use me in my life and we can often in day-to-day life let that slip away that 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 contentment I do not want to have. I want to be passionate about God. I don't want crisis to, to bring me to my knees. I, I, I don't want circumstance or blessing to bring. I want to be on my knees before God because I desperately love Him and want to be close to Him. So as we read through the Word today, I pray that these principles that I believe are for our church are going to be put into play practically uh, in our community as we pursue God together. If you listen uh, really to this message, there's going to be several things that unfold. And I like to tell you at the start in case you stop listening. So listen now. And then survive the rest. Let's be honest, we got a, we got a crisis of concentration, so everyone focus in. A community is often reflection of the leadership, so focus in. It starts with an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's the first thing. The second thing is that there is actually strategic positioning. They don't just do the same thing in and out, try to run the same way. He doesn't get caught in offense. He strategically positions himself where God leads him in order to have influence. So encounter with God, strategic positioning, discipleship, which is a two-way street. Paul commits to teach, but there are disciples that were just as committed to learn. And then there's community transformation. Holy Spirit, strategy, discipleship, community transformation. I'm believing that. I like to call them every year stepping stones. These are the things we're going to run after. We're going to do things deliberately in order that we can see this kind of stuff unfold in our life. But it started with me falling on my knees. I told the church when I went away to pray, you guys remember, I, I literally battled with, with being able to, to hold every thought captive. It's a real crisis in my, my world where I have to fight my, my scattered brain. But the moment I do, God begins to speak to me. And I think that there are people in this room that you need to fight for the voice of God in your life more. You need to fight for it because we can do everything we possibly can as a community to see you grow. But it's up to you and the desire that is in your heart to grow closer to Jesus. Are you got a passion to pursue God? 
If you don't, I pray that it's stirred up this year. Who, who wants to know God closer? Father, we want to know you more. Holy Spirit, move in our church. This year, in Jesus' name, amen. Acts 19, 1 to 20, reading from the NIV translation. And I've never had a more colourful page on my Bible. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. We have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one that was coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There was 12 men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, so Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that he had touched, that had touched him, were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and their evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day an evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all and gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honour. Many of those believed now came and openly confessed what they had done and a number who had practised sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, this total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Cool story. Amazing story. You see the power of God moving as people encounter the Holy Spirit and it leads to a community being transformed. It says this at the very start of the scripture, and this is where I want to start today with my first point being pursue the Holy Spirit. Run after the Holy Spirit. What is interesting about this portion of scripture is that at the start, 
The writer here of Acts wants us to know at the start of this segment of Scripture that there are 12 men who are being baptised in the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues and they prophesy and then they begin to see the ministry that Paul undertakes unfold over the next two years. What is very cool about this moment is that if we flip back in our Bibles to Acts chapter 2 in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost when the church's birth, it started with a move of the Holy Spirit. And now that was in Jerusalem. And isn't it interesting that they're about to reach the whole province of Asia, but it starts at the beginning of chapter 19 with an encounter with the Holy Spirit, but this time in Ephesus. You know, Holy Spirit encounters are the defining factor. You know that you can be a believer and have the Holy Spirit available to work and move through your life. But here is where it comes out of, a genuine relationship with Him. What do we see in this scripture? You can say all of the right things like the sons of Sceva. You can, you can look like a Christian if you study one hard enough. You can, you can mimic them. You can sound like a Christian. You can even have the understanding of a Christian. But without a genuine relationship with the Holy Spirit, you cannot manifest His power through your life. There needs to be a deep an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit in our lives. I don't want to just be a person who looks and seems like he lives a God-honoring life. I want to move with the power of God. Because that's what will change the community around us. You know, if I had to pick with being the most articulate, the most persuasive, or moving the power of God, I'm choosing the power of God. Because words are from my human understanding, but the power of God can only come through Him using my life out of relationship. I really believe in this church and in this year, there are people that are going to be having a deepening relationship between you and God, which is going to manifest itself with God's power and authority functioning in your life. I really believe that there are parents in this room. As I prayed, I saw two parents there shrugging. I believe that there is a new authority coming on your life to parent your children in a way that pleases God. Parents, you need to rise up. We've got a generation of young people who are under attack. You need to rise up and you need to be bold. You don't need all the wisdom. You need the power of God moving in and through your life. Actually, right now in this moment, if you're a parent and you just you want Holy Spirit wisdom to sit upon you to, to raise your kids, why don't you stand up? It doesn't matter how old they are right now. If you're a parent in this room and you need wisdom, Father, right now, Holy Spirit, we seek you. Holy Spirit, we're making room right now in this moment, whether you are at home, whether you're in this room. Holy Spirit, help us to raise our children in a way that speaks life, in a way that speaks truth, in a way that builds them up resiliently in faith and in love and in truth because we want to honour you. So Holy Spirit, we humble ourselves to say we will follow your lead. 
But I declare right now in the name of Jesus and I prophesy new wisdom coming, new answers coming, new ways to parent coming, new ways to direct and redirect your children coming because you want to honour God with your parenting. I just see uh, parents right now in the room with, with children that are actually adult children. There's going to be new wisdom that comes upon you and how to support them in a way they feel supported. There's been people here that, that you've been trying to support and it hasn't been perceived that way. That's shifting. God is bringing wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. There's going to be moments this year in our meetings where we're going to chase down the Holy Spirit. I'm adamant not to be held bound by a structure, but held by a desire to pursue the presence of God. But we need to anticipate together that God will move. It starts with the Holy Spirit. These men encounter the Holy Spirit. And what's cool is that the church is birthed. Thousands are saved. These guys encounter the Holy Spirit. And then in the next segment, millions of people are reached with the gospel. It starts with an encounter with God. We see in Acts chapter 2 and 19, lives being changed, churches being birthed and cities being transformed. So as I gathered a few months back with our eldership to talk about what God was putting in my heart, they began, we began to talk about it together. Because we need to be remembering that when I lead this church, I am leading with our eldership. We are in this together. This isn't about Charles. This is about Jesus. This isn't about Uni Hill. This is about the kingdom of God. We all play a role together. No one here needs any special treatment over anybody else. And everybody in this church has a voice as we pursue God coactively together. And what happened is as I spoke to the elders, they begin to say things that I begin to write down. There's a principle here that everything starts with hunger and desire. It looks like more prayer. A statement what, which I absolutely loved is, is that, have you ever lost something that you desire? We, we talked about it. They began to talk about chasing and seeking God. Often we have passion for the things we can't find that aren't even as important as seeking God. Jordan was talking about the trauma of losing Deacon's rabbit. He's got a little teddy. You go, mate, what's with my staff? We've got the wedding band being lost. We've got the child's teddy bear. Teddy rabbit. Jojo, that has a name. They've named a toy. We all name toys. But that's seeking. That's seeking. Don't just come... And expect that it's going to be an hour and a half of comfort. It's an hour and a half of God. Would you, would you strengthen me? Would you, can we encourage one another? Can I be stirred in my spirit so that I actually go out to be an influence for the kingdom of God? Uh, for me in my heart, I feel that it needs to manifest with signs and wonders and miracles. The gifts of the spirit continue today. All of them continue today. I believe that everything still functions. The Holy Spirit at any moment as he desires can pour out that gift on your life and be used for the glory and the kingdom of God it doesn't have to result in our timing, but I expect that God will move as He needs to. Yeah, Expectation created by opportunity. So my prayer for you is this. This is what I've been praying over you. There will be a great increase in your prayer life, time given and dedicated to God. 
that you would have a deeper connection with God as you devote yourself in new ways to seeking Him. That you will change on the inside and those that are around you in the world will see the power of God working through you. You have an authority in a corporate place because of your relationship in private places with God. From private righteousness and authority overflowing into the community. Our lives together would be a picture of God at work to represent Him. That you would strengthen those that are around you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move in us this year as we seek you. Can you seek God this year? It's an easy stepping stone. Seek God a bit more. What does that look like in your life? A little bit more prayer. Great. A little bit more reading of your Bible. Great. Don't lose the language of encouragement. The purpose of coming together is to encourage one another to good works. This isn't the primary means of your discipleship. Community, walking together, seeking God and His Word. Iron sharpens iron. But it starts with your desire. I, can, I could literally, if the only thing you do this year is chase the Holy Spirit, we're winning. Because He'll drive you to His Word. He'll bring conviction where conviction is needed. But please, please, don't let this just be a Sunday. Let it be where we come together in like-minded desire to chase down the Holy Spirit and what He has for us. The second thing is that I, as a, a community leader, and us, I want us to be more strategic. We, we've had so, so many examples in our life that we could talk about where if you do the same thing, you'll end up with the same result. And I want to be a church that actually we, we play smart with what we preach. We play smart with where we engage because strategic positioning is important. But I wanted to give you an example that, that I hoped would, would stick. Could I have one of those shoes, babe? Just throw it up here. So, oh, no worries. It's fine. Is anybody a size nine? Is anybody a size nine? Yeah, I got, does anybody want a pair of shoes? I'm going I'm to offer these. You can have these. Yeah, okay, here we go. No, no, you don't need to run, but good. Look, I like have your passion. You can take, I'll give you one after the example. I need one for the example. So she went from straight in my face to, so I want to talk about strategic positioning, but I want to give you an example where I want you to try and personalize this to your life. So stay with me. I'll bring it around and that's where it'll be. So there is a brand of shoes that young people are, are absolutely obsessed with. I actually uh, met a son-in-law of a person within our community last week. Uh, they don't go to our church, uh, but they work at Nike. And uh, this pair of Nike shoes, their Air Jordans, have become so popular, they're worth $15,000 for a pair of shoes. And I was like, uh, they're the type of shoes, I've got to be honest with you, that you don't wear. So the shoe is popular as a shoe that you don't wear. So I was having this conversation. I was having this conversation. It was sinking in. And I started thinking the Jordan brand spend millions of dollars, millions of dollars on promoting 
and positioning the Jordan brand that now that there is a there is a perceived value in the market because of what they have done they're very successful but not every company can be like the Jordan brand they can't be like the Jordan brand but does that mean because you can't be like them and you can't be in their position that you can't be successful because there's another brand that exists that I discovered. It's my first purchase of them this week. There was probably the greatest Australian basketball player of all time. His name was Andrew Gaze. Did you know that there is a brand called Gaze that is actually Andrew Gaze's shoes? Is there a perceived market value? Well, you'll have to ask Big W. They were $39. $39. They're quite comfortable. I wore them once. Shoes you wear. Shoes you wear. And uh, what happened is that they realized that there was a place in the market. It's a very successful brand. It's nationally sold. It's affordable. And they're doing really well. They have also strategically positioned themselves in a particular place in the market. Now, if they spent the same amount of money as the Jordan brand, they would go broke. But their means of success is not being like somebody else. It's understanding where they've been positioned. Where you are positioned means you can play your role and have influence within your sphere. Do you know that in America, there is a brand that is like the Gaze brand. It's Shaquille O'Neal's brand. They sell it their version. The scripture, and then I want to apply it to our lives. In the scripture, Paul says, uh, the writer says of Acts, Luke says that Paul goes to the synagogue. And it says that he argues persuasively, which means he's winning the argument for three months until people became obstinate of the way. The way is referring to Jesus. He is preaching the gospel has come. The kingdom of God has come. His name is Jesus. Be restored to God through faith in Him. He's preaching this persuasively in the temple. And what happens is they get obstinate to Jesus and they kick Him out. Now, he's gone to Ephesus with purpose. There's a reason why he is there. And I want to read it to you. But what happens? He's been kicked out of the synagogue. But he goes, I, I need to be here. And this is why. This is from John Stott. He wrote this. For all roads of Asia converged on Ephesus. And all of the inhabitants of Asia visited Ephesus from time to time to buy and sell, visit relatives, frequent the baths, attend games in stadiums, watch dramas in the theatre or worship the goddess. And while they were in Ephesus, they heard of this Christian lecturer named Paul who was both speaking and answering questions for five hours in the middle of the day. Paul was kicked out of the synagogue but he knew that all roads went to Ephesus. So he let God reposition him into a public lecture hall called the Hall of Tyrant. And he got the middle of the day. But what happened is because everybody would come 
to the province or to Ephesus, he then had the ability to continuously preach the gospel where then people would hear and return back to their homes. It wasn't the prime time of the synagogue, but it was where God had repositioned him for influence. There are people that are in dry circumstances and the word of the Lord I felt him give you personally is you don't need to leave, but let God reposition you for influence. Don't hold on to the structure you think you need. Let the spirit reposition you. It was a public theater hall in the middle of the day. Lots of uh, non-inspired sources. So lots of historians that write about it say that he was there for five hours in the middle of the day, six days a week because he would have had a Sabbath. But think about it. Everybody that came would have had an opportunity. There was a big gap during the day when the whole world rested. He was busy at work for the kingdom. God had repositioned him for a place and to a place of influence. You've got to understand where God is positioning you and what God is doing. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't just let you live life for not a great call. He has plans and purposes for you. And with seeking the Holy Spirit, I truly believe He's repositioning people for greater influence for the kingdom of God. With your workplace, with your family, with your health, seek God, let Him reposition you. Strategy is important. What does that mean? When you're seeking God, when you think about your business, what does it look like to honour God if you own a business or work in commerce? What's God saying to you uh, this year? If it's for your finances, are you positioning yourself for success? We're going to talk into finance this year because I believe that we're in a culture that is spend before you have it, accumulate debt and find pressure. But I believe that's not what the principles of the, God, of the Word of God says. We need to apply wisdom. Uh, my, my prayer and declaration is that every child that is in this church carries a godly mentality when it comes to finance. You know, I'm, we, we are not going to become a, a church that is never not frugal. It's God's money. We're going to stretch it and see as far as it can go. But I tell you what, that God wants to work on the heart of the person. So what are you doing with your finances to set yourself up? To serve God more. If you're single, what are you doing with this season? Why you got all this freedom? Why you don't have to worry about anybody else? It's a beautiful season of life. What are you doing strategically to set yourself up for the future? What are you doing with your rest? Some people need to be more strategic with their rest. What does rest look like for you? What is your home environment looking like? You know, I want, I want to be really like non-judgmental when I say this. So hear my heart because everybody, you know, we're all in this together. But God calls us to a life of rest in Him. So a Sunday morning, if you're at home because you need rest, you should be at church. You should be gathering with the saints and getting encouraged if, if the Sunday morning is what you need to require, then I would ask, are you being strategically balanced with your life? You're here, so you can say amen. What are you doing with your health? Are you being strategic with your health? I don't want to get to later seasons of my life and not be able to be fruitful for the kingdom of God because I have not been strategic now while I'm younger. Your priorities. I want us 
to understand that we need to be deliberate and smart about seeking the kingdom of God. So we're going to be strategic about seeing people saved, reaching out to community, being more deliberate with our advertising, more deliberate with what we do with our community affairs, more deliberate with what we do with our missions. We're going to speak into relationships, health, finances. We're going to speak and do the whole book of Hebrews. I've committed, Jazz. I just committed. That's a big one to take on. But the whole emphasis of it, do you know what the whole emphasis of? Keep going and don't give up. Because there'll be moments where we start the year and we fire and we get passionate and then guess what happens? Through the year we get tired, so then we'll preach Hebrews and you'll go, don't give up. Keep going. I believe that discipleship needs to go to a new level at our church, which is the next thing that I felt the Lord speak to me. So what happens is, It says in the scripture, Paul is kicked out of the synagogue. So he takes his disciples, which are the 12 that have encountered the Holy Spirit in the previous verses. And he goes to the hall of Tyrannus. He preaches five hours a day. But from that place, multiple churches are planted. There there are so many different churches. In fact, a lot of them are mentioned in the book of Revelations. But uh, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardius, Philadelphia, Laodicea. You know, he never actually gets to, uh, to the Colossians, but yet somebody reached them. You know why? Because discipleship is a two way street. Because Paul was preaching while everybody was resting, but his disciples were committed to learning. So he was teaching, but there were people there that were committed to learning. But what happens is they have this incredible influence through the province of Asia because it wasn't just people going, you serve me. It was going, let me take what God has put in you. Help me to learn and put it into practice in my life so I can go and serve Jesus in my sphere where he has positioned me. If they did it with 12, what can we do with this room? This morning. So I wanted to play smarter. Now, I believe that what we're going to birth this year is is a culture at our church. Uh, It's going to start slow, but as if you're in leadership uh, in this room at our church, it's going to be more formalized the higher you go. But we're actually going to do some discipleship, growth, cultural conversations. Now, what I felt the Lord put on my heart is that a disciple grows. A disciple matures. It grows. If you have a plant and it doesn't grow, there's a reason it's not growing. It's dead. We've experienced this many times in our household. We're doing good currently. Praise the Lord. A disciple grows. So as I sought the Lord about that, I felt him speak to my heart about this. Don't make it complicated. Make it relational. Make it attainable. Make it recordable and easy to be able to assess where you are and where you're growing. So as a disciple grows, I felt the Lord talk to me about five areas of our life. Grace, reach, others, word, spirit. Grace. G, and then in the word grows, I should say, G is grace, R is reach, O is others, word and spirit. Just letting you all catch up. 
the discipleship conversations. I don't want our community to just get together and go, hey, did you watch the football? How are you feeling this week? What's going on in your world? Oh, yeah, great T-shirt, nice shoes. I actually want our community to go, are you reading your word? How's your prayer life? What does that look like? What are you doing? So as I began to ponder and I began to think about starting grows conversations in our community, I felt the Lord say, you've got to equip. We will provide stuff to help you, but you need to be willing to grow. So here's an example. This is all I want you to do is why don't you find somebody in the community and go and ask them these questions. Grace, is Christ the centre of all you do and how is Christ your priority? Ask them that question. Have a conversation about that. Reach. How are you reaching the lost? What's that to do with evangelism? Others. How are you serving others? Word. What are you learning through the Word? And how are you applying it? And Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you in your life? But here is is where we want to help you this year. Is that say you are going to have a conversation with a friend, but you say, oh, I've got a bit of a weakness around, for example, evangelism. I'm not good at evangelism. Well, what we've got is we've launched a little thing on our website. I just want you to play the video. You can go to our website now. And when you go to our website, there is, click on the link, go to a disciple grows. Oh, then the music came. It's like an ad. Welcome to this thing. So what happens is, um, for example, say you're in your, your life, you struggle around the area of evangelism. You can click on the evangelism one. I'll just let you watch the video. So that's finding a mentor. We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll let you see the video. The music really feels like an ad. I didn't listen to the music that clearly. But all right, so you've got a grace page. You've got a reach page. All right, cool. So you can can it. And we'll get everyone to have a look at it after the service in their own time. Leave it there, Tizy, for a minute. So this is the way it would work. I want you to get together and have a conversation with somebody. Say it's like, hey, I feel bad. I'm not good at evangelism. Go to the Grows page. Go to the Reach page. On there is going to be articles, videos, blogs, different things that will help you grow in the area of evangelism with your friend. Mentorship is is a word where you think there's hierarchical. It's more of a discipleship partnership. You're not gathering together to to stare and make judgment of a person's life. You're gathering together to grow closer to Jesus. What about if you're like, hey, I don't know how to talk to a person and keep them accountable. I struggle with understanding the Word of God myself and reading my Bible. Well, go to the Word page. On there is going to be articles and different bits and pieces around how you can grow in the Word. It's a basic thing. Now, there are mature believers in this room that won't need to go to that website, but maybe the person you're walking with will. We've made an effort to provide something so that we can begin to have grows conversation. How are you going around prioritising Jesus? How are you going about reaching the lost? Are you thinking beyond yourself? Are you reading the Word? How is your prayer life? Is the Holy Spirit leading you? These are questions that will help us grow together. I don't want to be a shallow community. I want to be a community where there is a depth that is created through genuine relationship as we grow closer to Jesus together. We've got to grow. We've got to grow. 
For those that move into leadership, if you're a connect group leader or you're a department head, we actually have a formal uh, version of these that we would like to walk with you through where you fill in a little growth chart and you assess where you are spiritually so that we can have a look again at the end of the year and pray that you've grown in areas you need to grow. Why? A disciple grows. Who wants to grow? I don't want to be the same. I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to understand his word more and I don't want to stay where I've always been. And Jared, I'll get you to join me. My desire is really simple with the the flow down effect of a grows culture at our church. We're going to start with the leadership, the elders, the staff. We're going to really work hard with them formalizing some training and assessment around growing. We want to know that they're growing. We're going to work really hard with our department heads and connect group leaders because then we believe that working with them will flow down to the departments they lead and those that are in their small group. That is why it is important if you can serve or be in a connect group, it will help with your discipleship. But the reality is there are also a portion of people in our community that can't get to a connect group and are unable to serve. And that is why there is a find a web, uh, a mentor part of the website. Because say you want a grows relationship. You want somebody to walk with you, but you're not yet in either one of those two, serving or a small group. I would encourage you to do so. You can still find somebody to care for you, walk with you, check in with you. We're going to have lots of people available uh, so that we can align somebody that would be suitable for your stage of life and what you need so that they can walk with you as you grow. It's a simple one. You know, you get the temptation uh, to be charismatic and and to, to really inspire, but inspired and not changed is not what I'm interested in as, as your pastor. I want consistent, rugged, faithful people who desire God and want to grow close to Him every day and every moment of their life. And we're going to do it together. Who believes that we're going to do it together? There's going to be some stretch. We need to grow this year. Last year, we grew quite a bit. But there's still more room. There's still more people that need Jesus. And we've got to play our roles together. This is the beautiful thing that happens at the end of the Scripture. So the fear of God falls on the community the fear of the name of Jesus, the reverence around what it is. And it says there that in verse 19, a number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burnt them publicly. When they had calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So what's happening For the word of the Lord to spread and grow in power. Well, there's a portion at the end of the scripture that I want to read to you. It says this in verse 18. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. There's confession and belief in Jesus leading to community transformation. They confessed their sins because they believed in Jesus. And the community is transformed. 
In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Started with an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Understanding that sometimes the Holy Spirit repositions you strategically. Creating disciples. Seeing people saved. And the word of the Lord growing in power. In the community. That's what I want to see. The goal is simple. Let's be about it. If you're not fasting, start. I'm not going to celebrate it or, or, or talk about it in the regards to it's now between you and God. We know what the Bible says about when you're fasting. But that hunger and that creating room for God is the principle. I don't want to be about being looking righteous. I want to be about seeking God and knowing that it is His righteousness in me. I want a desire for God to flow through this place. That's where I believe it starts with the move of the Holy Spirit.